millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the Art and Know Better podcast. I'm joined today by Jay Gilly, and our special guest today is Ralph Einson. How you doing, Ralph? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. Are you? Ah, uh, not too bad. No, not too bad. Bit of a hectic day in work, but sure, we'll carry on anyway. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to lockdown, Gal. Uh, I am. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be absolutely chaotic in my line of work. So, uh, yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. Um, we'll, we'll just get straight into it, Ralph, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, what we were thinking, um, we, we were just wondering if you could briefly touch on what you've got planned coming up uh, during or pre or post or any COVID scenario, film-wise or TV-wise, have you anything coming mm. up at the moment? Well, uh, it's been a really strange year for, for me and, uh, you know, as, as it has been for everybody, but especially in my business because very few productions have been able to carry on in 2019 i think i did nine films in six different countries all wow. of them away. all of them have been held back and they've not been released yet so I've, i'm sitting on loads of stuff that have got to be released but uh okay. this this year I've, i worked in february in la on uh, uh the new Macbeth film with denzel washington playing Macbeth. so i did a bit of work on that and then did a bit of work in belfast on a viking film called the northman um which was great. They managed to film all the way through lockdown with like really tight COVID restrictions. But okay. apart from that, everything I was booked to do has been moved back and moved back and delayed. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, a pretty rotten year with that all around. But like I say, I have got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to be released. Two that I'm particularly looking forward to are uh, a film called The Green Knight, which uh, okay. 
comes out in July, I believe that's going to come out uh, with Dev Patel playing Sir Gawain, and I play the Green Knight of oh, right. the okay. uh, which will be fun. And uh, I also play the dad in a film called Everybody's Talking About Jamie, which is a West End musical um, that's, that's that's been made into a film with Richard E. Grant as a kind of drag queen mentor to this young lad in the show. <laughs> who wants to go I bet he's queen. brilliant in that. Yeah, oh no, he's going to be absolutely awesome. I've only seen little, bit, little bits of it in post-production, but yeah, he, he looks to be every bit as amazing as you'd expect him <laughs> in that part. So, will you be singing for us in that? Oh, sorry? Will you be singing for us in that one? No, thankfully you're spared. <laughs> I, won't, I won't be... Not won't doing be, a Pierce No, I won't be dressing in drag or singing. Okay. Uh, right. okay never mind. They, never they mind. They sent me the script. And, <laughs> me the script and that was the very first thing you do is like check through them, please. No, I don't actually think I'd read the full script before I'd accepted it. As long as I checked that there wasn't any singing, I knew it was oh. a good show. And I, 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 I thought, yeah, I'll do it. It'll be fine. You, you'd enough. have taken the drag side of things over the singing side of things, would you? Absolutely, yeah. I've got, 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 got a cracking set of pins, but a really tight set of lungs. So, yeah. Oh. Well, there the yeah, there you go. Well, if you've got the pins, you may as well. Um, I just wanted to, it was, it was something that I, I kind of, I've been meaning to ask you as a Leeds fan um, for years myself and, and knowing you from the office and all. With the piss taken, uh, if you pardon my French there, of the, the whole Leeds United thing in the office, was that Ricky Gervais's idea or was that yours to kind of promote Leeds a little bit to people who wouldn't know? Well, it was, it, it kind of happened by accident because one of the guys who was uh, the, one of the featured extras in the, the, one of the kind of regular office characters, uh, his parents uh, ran the chip shop in Crossgate, so I can't remember the name of it. Um, but he, he was a Leeds fan anyway, so he was the one who put the screensaver on and stuff like that, so that was nothing to do with me. Right. But, but obviously once we'd gone to it, and obviously Ricky had got to know me over the time, and I do tend to talk about Leeds quite a lot, uh, when that, that line kind of took me out of the blue because it had never been discussed that the character was a Leeds fan or anything like that before. And uh, all actors, you know, you create a certain backstory to your character beyond what, what is in the script. You take that and then you, you expand it into a, into a real world that you, you feel you can exist in. And yeah. in that real world, the whole time I was playing that character, um, I thought it was my new fan. <laughs> so you hated your own character well yeah well I did I genuinely hate, hate that character and because he was a really really terrible human being and I just thought that at the, at the time when we at the time when we filmed it uh, I'd still say he probably would be a Man United fan but uh, at the time when we filmed it it was like 2001 2002 uh, it was at the height of everybody crowing about the fact that they'd always been the fan of this shitty team that nobody fucking cared about 10 years before. <laughs> um, and, and I just liked the idea that because they were doing so well at the time, I just thought that it would suit the glory hunting thing would suit him. So that was what I'd always been playing in my head, deep, deep down in the backstory, as it were. And then, uh, then I got the scripts for the Christmas special and he, I saw that line and I was like, oh, but I can't, I can't, just, I can't give it up. You know what I mean? To, actually, to then voluntarily make myself a Man United fan in front oh, of millions of people. 
I thought, I just can't do that because it was all fine when it was stuck in the subconscious of the character. No one would ever find out. Yeah. <laughs> it, just helped, helped, it just helped me to make him more despicable. But, uh, yeah, then when I was asked to, to declare it on screen, I thought, yeah, we'll stick with Leeds on that one. <laughs> yes, that's the good decision. Good one. Yeah, you, you played the right one there. But you can imagine every single game we play now, this season, now, obviously, we're uh, talk of the town. Every single game, whether we win or we lose, I get Leeds are doing well. Hey. Hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of times. Just took a trigger on me. It's like, uh, yes, my, but come on. It's just... <laughs> it's has has, any, uh, 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 has anyone given you a T-shirt yet with Leeds are doing well? No, no, I've seen that. There's a, <laughs> Would you wear a, it? <laughs> uh, uh, probably, yeah. yeah. They might do now, now we said that. Yeah, yeah. Of course he um, uh, so we know that um, on Game of Thrones, we know Nikolai's a Leeds fan. Um, yeah. Was there any other Leeds fans on there? And did you have much kind of Leeds banter? Well, I've got my, almost my best Leeds stories from Game of Thrones. Okay. Or Leeds stroke, stroke filming story. I've, I mean, over the years, I've, I've got loads of shirts and stuff into uh, uh, and key rings and various little references to leads in with characters because yeah. you know, I tended to play characters that that would work work for. And then um, a mate of mine who's a Leeds fan, when I got cast in Game of Thrones, he knew the show and he went, right, there's a fucking challenge for you. Get some of Leeds into that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So it's a mythical, mythical world in the Middle Ages. How the fuck do I do it? So I couldn't think up with anything. And then we stood there and it said the... Uh, uh, is it episode 10 of series 2 is a thing where, uh, where my character and Alfie, I, Alfie Allen Theon Greyjoy were about to go to war with uh, at Winterfell and he's giving this big speech uh, and at the end of the speech I smack him around the head with a stick and do all that uh, and we're, we're rehearsing the thing and, and in the uh, in the script it says the Ironborn do the salute and so we all stood there. And then so somebody kind of goes, uh, and the rest goes, so what, what is the ironborn salute? So I just, without missing a beat, I went, it's like this. <laughs> chest, like that. I love it. I love it. And everybody, and everybody went, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, great, we'll go with that. And nobody so, knew why you were look doing at it. That, the, the ironborn. Brilliant. Do the lead salute. That's fantastic. That is. I, I, I'm actually going to watch that episode now. Just yeah, I am, yeah, we're all going to have to go I, back I, and have a look. I've gone on there. I was, I was I really, really proud because I thought, because you know, we were filming it in Northern Ireland as well. And, yeah. uh, in Ireland generally, but uh, especially in my experience in Northern Ireland, there's hundreds of Leeds fans. They're everywhere. It's on the crew. There's loads of them. I've been you know, chatting to the guys about it. Yeah. So you could just see loads of them going, fuck. <laughs> 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 all, like, Look. All, all the American producers and directors are all kind of nodding really seriously going, yeah we really like that that is really good all the crew are pissed themselves going it's fucking Leeds United <laughs> I love it that's brilliant, <laughs> that brilliant. love that, that that's class um, on a Game of Thrones related note has, uh, has anybody checked on Sean Bean recently <laughs> yeah, that's got to be hitting hard. I'm really surprised by it, to be honest. Because yeah, uh, before the season started, I was, I was hoping that we we do as well as they did last season. You know, I hope that we replicate that. I, I didn't see them falling away the way they have at all. 
it's unreal. It's like they look like they've built a solid platform. And, you know, when you're looking at how we're doing, you think, you know, we're doing pretty well now. And if we if we carry on as we are and we finish sort of mid-table-ish, maybe slightly lower, as long as we stay up sort of thing, you can build on that and you expect to move forward. But what's happened to them is just bizarre. It's like yeah. I'm not putting it all down to Dean Henderson either. So no, not <laughs> something not right there. No, no. Because he's a good he's a good coach. He's a good wilder. He's a good coach. Um, um, so yeah, I can't quite understand what how it's gone so wrong. It's not too bothered, to be fair. No, it's not the worst thing. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not pretend I care too much. We've got the You're not sitting there with a whiteboard. We've got the yeah. prospect this season, both Sheffield teams getting relegated, haven't we? I mean, it'd be glorious. It's looking yeah. likely. I mean, I'll, we'll I'll, have a, I'll have a drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next thing I want to ask you um, was, with Matthew Lewis now hosting the LUFC pod, are you looking for a regular spot yourself? <coughs> what? Well, it's, it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, get, I, I do actually tend to get in a bit of trouble with uh, agents and stuff like that about, about doing too much football. I'm trying to push you in certain directions and if you're constantly crowing on about Leeds United, it, it restricts her uh, her options, I think, a little bit. So I, I don't think I'd be allowed to do my own football-related podcast or anything like that. Damn. I think occasionally appearing on <laughs> stuff like this. Hopefully a bit under the radar. I'm hoping that she doesn't follow the podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's unlikely. We're, we're very. It's in its infancy at the moment, so it's unlikely at the moment. Yeah, I mean, to um, be fair, just, it's just, all um, it's all downhill from here after getting you on, Ralph. So, I mean, how we're going to top already. this? Like, we've peaked. We're going to have to get Bielsa on. Peaked early. <laughs> um, so, um, just uh, one thing I wanted to talk about. So, there was. Um, uh, been um, speaking to Martin Highwood, uh, who I know that you've you've, you've worked with. Um, so I had a, a, the guys will attest to this. I had a truly horrendous tash. I had a big beard <laughs> just before November, and I shaved off everything except the dangly bits down here. It was awful. It was really bad, and that that allowed me to um, to earn a couple of thousand pounds um, towards oh, well it. Um, just just um, I just wonder if you could just uh, explain how your work with Martin came about and, and what you've been involved in through that. Uh, yeah, my muscular dystrophy UK. Martin uh, suffers with muscular dystrophy and uh, has had a or is in the process of a long, slow decline. And it's a really, really cruel illness, which basically you know, uh, turns your muscles to stone very slowly and restricts your movement. Um, there is no cure for it, and Martin. So he's a very brave man. He's a he's a funny guy. He's a really nice guy, and he's a Leeds fan, so obviously he's fantastic. But uh, he's a he's a really brave guy. He's got two two young daughters and a wife. And instead of you know feeling sorry for himself with all this stuff, he's just working and working so hard uh, to raise money yeah. for research into muscular dystrophy. And it's pretty admirable what he's admirable what he's done. So uh, yeah, he got in touch with me a few years ago, and I always try to do. He does a new fundraising film every year, which I do the voiceover for. And uh, He did a thing where he's walking a mile for muscles, where he'd walk around famous football or famous sporting grounds. He'd try in, the, in the days when he could walk a mile. It was very hard for him. Yeah. And so we walked from my house to the Wimbledon tennis, which is half a mile away, and then back to my pub. Uh, uh, which, but they say that was 2016, 2017, maybe something like that. And now mine's in a, a motorized wheelchair 
uh, but still, still fundraising, still working really hard. Um, he's an amazing fella. So I'd uh, urge any Leeds fans who are watching, listening to uh, to help him out if you uh, if you see one of his his things. There's a uh, uh, Simon from the Kaiser Chiefs does a lot of work with him as well. So um, yeah, you'll see us both posting various bits and bobs. So if you've got a couple of quid, help him out. Yeah, he's an amazing Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. He's an amazing fella. Anytime he puts a video up online, he always seems to be in great form. Now, I don't know how much of it is is trying to be positive and how much of it is actually, you know, just to, to show that he is strong, but he always seems in great form. And I could, I like, just to see someone who has ND like that and, and just to be, like, anytime he's on, he's laughing and he's joking yeah. and, and he loves he's, walking his dog. And he's yeah. just, he's, you know, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Really- He's got an amazing drive about him. He's a really strong fella. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how impressive. he does it. I'd, I'd drink myself stupid, I think, if I were faced with something like that. I don't think I'd be <laughs> anything inspirational, do you know what I mean? I'd be feeling yeah. sorry for myself somewhere. No, really it's is, a, um, really yeah, it's, it's top low. Yeah, sometimes when you watch people like that, yes. they, they, there's so many things to get annoyed about in the world, but Martin's one of the people that gets annoyed about the right things. Mm. It, there's so many things that yeah. he could be annoyed about. He still gets annoyed yeah. about the right things. I don't know. It's, Maybe a condescending or stupid thing to say, but uh, yeah, he's he's a good man. No, I think that's fair. I, I, um, one of the things that um, uh, I, was, I was really impressed with was the uh, the auction. He did an auction. Uh, there was some boxing memorabilia and, and Leeds memorabilia and, and so on, and um, he was handling all of that really well. But um, the way that people pull around him, he sent it tends to coalesce people together really, really well. Uh, I don't know if that's a skill that he just had or if that's something that he's developed. Well, uh, more recently, but he just seems to be able to do that and, and inspire people. Yeah, that I, way. I think that he's, he's noticed because he's, he's given up his regular job. Well, unfortunately, just before the pandemic and lockdown happened, he decided to go into charity fundraising for MD as, as his job. Uh, so he is developing those skills, as it were, but I don't think you can you can fake that. Like you say, he's an inspirational person. He's a he's a leader. He's, he's someone that you want to you want to help. You want to get involved with. So yeah, yeah. I think that. Really natural, yeah. and I think you'll only get better at it. Very good. Uh, so, from celebrating individual to also, we are we we, we it's been a, a torrid year in, in general, but there's been some chinks of light from a Leeds perspective. Obviously, we've um, uh, we've got back to the promised land after some extended period out. Just uh, can you explain just what what your life was like during the period when we were going for promotion and, and how you celebrated? It was, yeah, it was so, so strange. It was so beautiful in, in so many ways to be watching them. And obviously, you can always watch Leeds on telly when they're in the championship. They're on telly every week. But yeah. every game on that, every game being on TV seemed to focus it into some weird kind of alternate league. It was wonderful to watch. And obviously, this team is is great to watch anyway, in any any medium. But to be denied the chance to watch him live, to watch him playing this football, to to not be able to be at Swansea. Uh, yeah. you know, the, these yeah. things, like, um, you just, you do feel kind of robbed. And, uh, you know, especially when, even when the the title was won, you know, I'm sat in Southwest London, <laughs> drinking a bottle of Melbourne, thanking, <laughs> thanking Marcelo. <laughs> but, you know, and I've got friends who are down at Ellen Road and you know, in City Square and all that, and being able to to celebrate. So it's it felt doubly uh, doubly detached when it all happened because 
you know, you had to watch it all happening on TV. You weren't allowed to watch the games live. But uh, living in London, wasn't you know, wasn't able to join in on on the joy and the, the celebration afterwards. So, yeah, it was a strange, strange period. Fantastic, obviously, and I celebrated for weeks. But still, it still tinged with a little bit of oh my god, I can't. You know, it's not like it was when we won the league. You know what I mean? In six yeah. Loads, but yeah. That's all. You know. That's what you want to be part of, isn't it? It's hard yeah. not getting to go to Premier League games when we wait so long for them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, really especially hard. with it, especially in the sense it, it gets me that I realised I spent so many years travelling. I did more away games than I did home games. To be honest, most <laughs> of the time we were out of the the uh, the Premier uh, the Premier League, so you get used to a certain different kind of experience. It's just about the community and it's not about the football because so much of the football was shy we lost so often that it it became something different Uh, and so to then finally get back to the premiership and be playing such wonderful football that you want every part of it and it just be you know like a kid at the sweet shop window you know Absolutely. And if we if, if we could just be that kid at the shop window it would be absolutely insane I think when Ellen Road (laughs) does actually open up it's I think the, the roof's going to come off it. And the one the one thing I'm looking forward to singing, if I'm being perfectly honest, is the leads are falling apart bit. Just, <laughs> to, just to niggle it in there, just so it can be like, you know, I know the players sang it when, when they saw the Huddersfield second goal and all that. Yeah. That's just the one thing I want to hear roaring around Ellen Road. That's, yeah. I, I know match of the day, I missed our uh, marching on together and all that. I missed that, but... That, yeah. that that COVID took that away from us. It took yeah, it yeah. away. Yeah, it did, yeah. <laughs> but do you, know, do you find yeah. it makes it harder to go to games for you, Ralph, being as well known as you are? Or do you just not worry about that sort of thing no. when you get a chance? No, I don't worry about going to the, the games in that sense. Um, I find that because most Leeds fans uh, kind of know I'm a Leeds fan, uh, they, you know, I've no issue with it I don't tend to get any grief as it were yeah. lots of people very nice you know, being very nice and asking for a photo or whatever but, uh, but yeah no it's, it's not not as if I, <laughs> I feel like I've got no disguise or anything <laughs> <laughs> well you, I've seen you in so many different roles um, I'm sure you've got a, a fair few disguises you could rock up with your, um, your military outfit from Chernobyl absolutely oh Speaking of Chernobyl, have you been checked for radiation since he got back? <laughs> no, we filmed in Vilnius, obviously. So, uh, uh, not, uh, not near Pripyat, not where, where the original thing was. We did film some of the stuff at uh, Ignalina, which is the power station that's mentioned in the film, which was the nearest one to Chernobyl. Mm. Uh, so we filmed some of the big outdoor wide shots at Ignalina. Um that that was the nearest I got to any kind of power station. We built sets. Vilnius right. <laughs> in Lithuania for the uh, for most of it. Right. Did you know, um, find out a few shocking things about the original disaster when you were filming that? I've done a lot of reading about it in the past because I find it quite fascinating and it's just, it's insane, some of the stuff, the way that yeah. like, they, they treated people, like the first responders they sent in with no gear and stuff like that. It's just... Yeah. No, it's heartbreaking. Christ. I mean, the uh, the... The project itself was so well researched by Greg Maslin, the, the writer and creator of it. Mm. And the amount of research that we were sent as actors, just reams and reams of it. 
to use, you know, in that case, to use as much or as little as you want in, in, yeah. tax, in different ways. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, just reading some of that was incredible. I remember it. I was 16 when it happened. So I have some memory of it. But And I remember it affecting the North. I remember sheep farmers being affected and stuff like that with the radiation cloud coming over. But the day that... 86. 86. I hope, yeah. Yeah, so I, I was putting um, on the spot now. Well, I, was, I was four. <laughs> I've got that wrong. I've got such an arse. No, it's eight, <laughs> we can edit this, can't we? This yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can edit this. It's fine. Yeah. We'll make it look good. Don't worry no about problem. It, but on the, gotcha. the, 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 day we were, the year we were filming, uh, on the anniversary of the disaster, uh, the guy who was driving me into work, I was talking to him and he was uh, probably late 20s. So his mum would be kind of about my age a bit younger and she was telling him at breakfast before they drove in about that that um that summer that all the fruit she said was like 50 percent bigger and they all thought they all they all thought it was brilliant they all thought it was like oh, a gift from God. Christ. and so they were all gorging on this like radioactive fruit oh jesus i was not wow. realizing what that was going on because they were still in the middle of the, the, the soviet state at the time they had no idea what what the danger was, but she says, "Yeah, I remember the apples were like nearly twice as big that summer." It's unreal, it is, isn't it? Wow, grim stuff. Grim. And and just because there's a bit of a, an extension. Do you want to ask the question? I, I was going to say just on a bit of a lighter note. Um, would it? W would you rather wear a hazmat suit in Chernobyl for a year or the rest of your life, or go to a scum game at Old Trafford and wear a shirt? Man, you shirt, you mean? Man, you I mean, shirt. a scum shirt. Yeah, yeah, scum shirt. You've got to include that part, otherwise it's not. A scum shirt. You know, <laughs> well, a man, you shirt, then. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Well, that, that, that will lead me into another nice anecdote. Uh, obviously, I'll, I'll choose Asmat suit in general. Uh, <laughs> Excellent, man. Good choice, good choice. I did, did a film um, in Brazil, in Rio, uh, about five years ago, and... The character I was playing was was from the north of England, and he was uh, uh, the only English character or the British character in this international cast of Brazilians and Swedish and uh, Japanese uh, who were all who were all playing these scientists at an international um, uh, science centre at the, the uh, at, in the Antarctic at the South Pole, all all shot in the studio in there. And at one point in the film, we all have a kickabout on the on the base, and. Uh, so they come in and I walked into my uh, dressing room and there was the scum shirt with, uh, what's the AIG? The scum shirt was hanging on my costume rail with AIG for this football oh, set. What didn't want it. <laughs> I looked up and, I, and I called the, uh, the costume woman who uh, didn't speak much English and I went, you, you have to get, get Marianne if you get you you have to get your boss and she was like oh, shoot, and I went Mariana I'm not not wearing that that can't <laughs> she's like she's like what no I've been told you have to wear this you play football you are from you're from England you play football and she hands me the shirt and I'm like no it's just not happening so she went what do I do and I went I went well Asked Lewis, the director, ask, ask him to come and talk to me. So I come in and he, and he says, he says, don't happen. Why don't you wear this? He says, well, because I'm a Leeds United fan. That's a Manchester United shirt. It's a really big thing in England. Uh, I just can't, I can't wear that. Um, 
And he's like, he's like, oh, okay. Does it matter that much? I'm like, yeah, it does. Uh, so so he, he, went, he went, fair enough. Okay, I'll go talk to the producers. So he goes out and he goes to talk to the producer. And then they all arrive at my door. It's like executive producer, two executive producers and the producer. And I'm thinking, this is a fucking football shirt that I don't want to wear. You know, this is never <laughs> And then, so they come in and they go, uh, uh, you go, hey, we, we really want you to wear this shirt. And I go, no, I can't uh, because of this is this. And, uh, and I said, Alvin, just why do you want me to wear it? And it's because the Brazilian government uh, has this scheme whereby big investors can wipe off a lot of tax by investing in films. And AIG has done that. So they want the it's from the north of it in this film to wear this shirt with AIG on the front. I went, absolutely not. <laughs> they're, they're just looking at me like, oh, Show it down. Show they, it down. We're not going, doing it. And they're going to go, go again. They're kind of like, but these guys have, have provided a quarter of our total budget, though. You know, we, we, we have to do this. And I went, okay. So I put it on Twitter. I put the photo of the shirt and I said, costume people, in, uh, costume people on the film I'm working on in Brazil want me to wear this shirt. They don't understand why I can't. Will you explain to them? Just put that on. I just, I didn't, I didn't even do anything. I just turned the, the uh, ringer on on my phone and held my phone up and it just went ping, ping, ping. going, shit on it, burn that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> it just went on and on for rings. And they just kind of stood there, open mouthed, and I went, you know, I've got to go. I don't live in Rio. I've got to go back to Leeds to see my family at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not that. I'm not wearing that. You've got to think about your future. Absolutely. Yeah. Was that your only prima donna moment in your acting career? I've had two. That was one. That was the one. And another one was when I had a dog that was supposed to come and sniff my face and then I had to push it away. A fairly simple act. And I love my dogs. I have dogs. I have all my life. So I take pride in how well they're trained and what I can do. And this fucking dog wouldn't do it. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, and it's, uh, it was a film I was doing where it was set in like 1630. So it looks really funny when you see the footage of it because the director kept the camera running. And I'm stood there in like fucking 1630 big breeches and a big kind of Puritan hat looking fucking ridiculous going, it's not fucking rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> the dog angler going, can he fucking do now? Oh dear. Those, those are my two prima donna moments. Very <laughs> uh, Just expanding on that, I guess. Um, have you got a story about your weirdest experience as an actor? God. Um, it does get really weird at times because you, you're. Yeah, you just find yourself justifying the strangest things and just the whole kind of what did you do at work today, Daddy, kind of question. You, <laughs> you stood there kind of chest deep, freezing cold water, you know, painted blue or whatever. Like the, the, at, the end, at the end of 2019, I had this film on, uh, on the side of Black Mountain in British Columbia. It's called The Last Victim. And at one point, this I'm chasing this woman, trying to kill her all the way through the film. At some point, one of my gang manages to drug her with peyote. So she's hallucinating. And when I finally catch her, I'm wrestling her to the ground. 
she hallucinates that I'm this kind of bog creature with uh, antlers and I've got painted head to foot in mud that's cracked. So I remember doing that and this, this poor American actress looking up at me as I'm leaning over and pinning her to the, the ground in like minus 15 temperatures and I'm completely naked apart from being painted <laughs> with antlers on my head. Screaming at this woman thinking, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> this is no way for a grown man to make a living. It really is. Like a psychologist wet dream. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Anything making wages, I pay to my therapist. So it's, uh, it's all okay. It's a trick. <laughs> you you got to make some money because um, you seem to pop up on just about everything I watch at the moment on Netflix yeah. and stuff. I think you yeah, must be the busiest guy around. It, it was it saying obviously not this year. Nobody's very busy, but uh, yeah, the the film I was just talking about doing my uh, prima donna moment about the dog. Uh, that was a film called The Witch that I filmed in 2014, and it was released at the end of 2015. And it was the first time I'd been given kind of like a lead part in a film, and it did very well uh, in America, as particularly. So that kind of changed my standing over there. I'd always had a reasonable amount of work over here, yeah. uh, playing certain kinds of characters. But it was always very much to do with the fact that I was big and northern and working class. <laughs> it, it, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, you know, that, that was what my casting always was. You know, I'd never play or you know, if I was on Downton, I'd always be on downstairs, all, all this kind of thing. And it, yeah. it was always like that, which I never minded because I always loved my job <laughs> and I love the fact that I get to work. But it was really refreshing to suddenly get an audience in America from this film yeah. and start off in American work where they don't see class or hear an accent. They just see a tall, imposing looking bloke. Yeah. So, you know, I played you know, the, the head of the Boston FBI and characters like that in American stuff, whereas I'd never yeah. really get the equivalent in England. It's interesting to see the difference because I didn't discover this. I didn't find this till I was like in my mid forties. So it's quite nice to have this later, later chance at playing different characters, you know, that I probably wouldn't if I'd have just stayed working in, in the UK. Yeah. It, it means that you're kind of avoiding all the American Pie style films anyway. So you're okay, you know, unless you get like a Eugene Levin style role, then you're, you're fairly yeah. safe, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, not, not the head of the FBI. You were in the bill though, weren't you? Oh, I was in the bill five times. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> no, that is uh, almost a record. I think the record was six. We uh, do our I, research on this podcast. Yeah, well, I, but I did, <laughs> like I, did, pundits. I did five different characters, five different scrolls on the bill. So it doesn't count if you're in <laughs> Five different yeah. characters, which I was always very proud of. Because it was filmed just down the road from where I live as well. So it was oh, always cool. quite easy. No excuse for being late then, was there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vet for that. Yeah, just um, what about uh, the story around your, 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 best or, um, your best experience or memory as a Leeds fan? Oh, um, I think it'd have to be some, the, the whole season of the Champions League. I was at the right age. Uh, I had enough money to go and so I went 
to most of the games that season and so many great memories. I think, I don't think I'll ever top uh, Gary Kelly lying his towel down at the end in the San Siro and shushing everybody. And <laughs> being there that night, I think, uh, will always be a special one. I don't know whether it'll ever quite top that. Even though we didn't win anything, we just, it felt like we'd arrived in a massive way that night. And the fact that there were so many of us in Milan. And I stayed for four days afterwards in Milan, which is great. <laughs> no, not I, do. I, I could, I choice to go home. I wasn't detained or anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, important to, it's important to add that. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, to see that, and uh, I had a friend with us who spoke Italian, so he could, you know, he was sat in cafes looking at the Duomo Square, drinking cappuccinos, listening to our mate translate the Italian papers, talking about how amazing the Leeds fans were and the way they filled the San Siro with noise. And yeah, I, yeah, I think those moments were uh, were amazing, and hopefully we'll be able to get back to that kind of thing again. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we've got um, uh, a, a thing in, in, in our podcast, uh, a, a, a little slot on it called the Hawk Topic. And what we do is it's around the predictions about the upcoming game. Uh, and, and what we do is we look at the, uh, the opposition manager uh, and decide whether we'd rather have them or the legend that is David Hockaday. Um, uh, managing us in future. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave aside the um, we'll leave aside the the, the the Crawley one for the moment, uh, and and we'll look to the next league game because we're going to be doing a bit of an FA Cup special on on, on that. So um, for for the next league game, it's it's Brighton. We're looking at Potter. So the question mm. is, would you take Graham Potter or would you take David Hockaday? <laughs> Graham Potter. <laughs> He's a football manager. You've let the side down here. David Hockaday is actually winning at the moment. Uh, (laughs) Apart from me and Jay, we got ousted, man. We we I I picked David Moyes one day, and uh, because he was uh, an ex scum manager, I got absolutely hung out to dry. Like so, you know. Graham Potter's all right, man. Everybody forgot that I'd also picked him, and I, I just stood by and watched him hang Carl out to dry. We <laughs> did remind after, didn't we? I did notice. When I went back to edit it, I did notice. You found me as well in that um, podcast. You didn't stand by at all. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, and um, just uh, uh, the next bit is the, the, the predictions that we do. So, um, you know, if we talk about the the FA Cup game, uh, you know, I think we're all expecting to see that there might be a bit of a blend of um, the subs that we've seen and some of the youth uh, and so on. But what 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 what's your expectations on, uh, you know, what's the score going to be and, and who might we see that we've not seen so far, do you think? Well, I'm hoping that we'll see um, Joe Gellert, Gellert. How do you pronounce his name? Gellhart, Gellhart. I think. I'm hoping we'll get to see him because I've heard very good things about him. And I'd like Jamie Shack to get a full start and a full game because I think he's coming on really well and I think he's going to be really important in the second half of the season. What position? Uh, in, in Calvin's position. Yeah. I think. Because uh, I, I think that, that. that might be where... Uh, where he's going to need to cover at some point. And I think that's really important that we have somebody uh, properly versed to cover that. 
if and when we lose him, obviously we're going to lose him for the next match or if we lose him again in the future. Because uh, he's kind of like, the, at the moment, the one irreplaceable, it seems to me, in the system. Yeah. Uh, the way things are. So I'd like him to, to do a bit of work on that. But apart from that, I'd be happy just to win it. Nice to have a clean sheet. So 2 0, no injuries, and some people get a bit of a run out. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be happy with that. I'd like to see us give it a. 2 0, the that one. I'd like to see us give the FA Cup a good good goal this year, I think. But mm-hmm. the, the young the, the young squad we have as well, that like, what's your man? Um, is it Greenwood, is it? Yeah, the striker yeah. that we got from Arsenal. Jesus, he's banging them in like he's they're going out of fashion, that lad. Yeah. Like. yeah. Let's just hope he don't yeah. end up as another Edmondson where he bangs them in but never gets to play the first team. Yeah. yeah. How's he doing? Because he, he went to Scotland, didn't he? He got back he to got Scotland. He got injured, didn't he? He's, he was, well, he came back and he was only... Rob Price obviously took something off Farshaw to fix Edmondson. <laughs> and they sent, they sent him back about two weeks later. Like, so he's, he's still up there, like... Well, I think he's going to be out that long, Adam. You can grow a new, like, just give him that one. Yeah, yeah. Does he still have a value for, for parts, for sure? Do we know? You'd hope so. Nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. I don't think he's been seen for about six months. No. Is there a market? Him... You know, Is there the, a market? The... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the... I've got I've got to a player here. You know, it can't it doesn't actually work, but you could use. <laughs> That's, it's like a, it's like a, <laughs> an old car that you're just getting bits off to keep other cars going. That's that's his role at the club now. That's why he's still under contract. It's an important role. It's getting players back real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we wait for them yeah. to have this like Scouse accent that they never had before. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> they walk out of the change room with a ginger sure. beard. Suddenly they've got ginger hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so what what would your prediction be so for the the, the FA Cup game then? That was a 2-0. 2-0, I think. 2-0, was it? 2-0, yeah. yeah. All right, sound, sound. Go for I don't, I don't think we'll, we'll run riot, but I think that... Uh, I don't think you'll make enough changes to make a mess of it. So, yeah, 2-0, I think. Good stuff. Yeah, famous Good stuff. words of Finchie. Nearly Thank you very much. <laughs> My <laughs> favourite line. I yeah, that's asked. why I said it, to be honest. Well, that was, uh, <laughs> that was in the... Uh, the script of the first series of The Office uh, and that scene basically him shagging somebody uh, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't in a car park but it was in a different situation a different character uh, and it got cut before we shot the yeah. thing and it, it was the first series or before they did the second series they, there was a kind of a meeting whereby you know kind of, does anybody anybody got any particular ideas they want to know please have that line it's a, <laughs> In two words, it says the whole character. So succinct, it's brilliant. I said, can I have that line at some point? So he wrote that scene after the credits. So it's a good <laughs> decent, decent, <laughs> uh, brilliant, brilliant. And um, last thing I want to ask you myself: um, looking at where we are now, just looking ahead for the rest of the season, where do you think we'll finish? Um, Oh, it's a tough one. You're proper thinking about this. <laughs> well, there's, there's all sorts of elements, aren't there? You know, you just never know. Uh, if we get a run, you could be looking at seventh. If, but that's had a hell of a run, and other people are having not having a run. And we sent tend to be 
very <laughs> stop and go. This isn't in between, which I'm not complaining about. I'm loving it and I'm embracing the ride. But um, I can't see us suddenly winning that many of our games. So I'm going to say 13th. Nice, yeah, solid. That's a fair guess. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I think if we beat the teams around us, we'll be fine. Yeah. I think that's what we need to focus on personally. Like, and that was yeah. always always the case. And also the way we play, it was we're unlikely to get many draws. And I think yeah, that's, that's true. There's a lot of teams, the way they play, they, they drop two points against their near rivals and accept it. But I think against our near rivals, we're going to beat most of them. Yeah. And that's yeah. every time yeah. rather than these two points dropped every now and again. We can forget, as we can see, we can forget beating Spurs, Man United, Liverpool. Not really going to happen unless they have a really shit day. Yeah. But yeah. most of the rest are up for, up for grabs. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the fact that we're better than most of the teams around us, but against those top teams, if we do get an early goal, because there is always a chance with the other player, then we might get some bonus results, but they are just bonus results. It's just, yeah. as you say, beating the teams around us, and we're doing a good job of that so far. But you see the way the way we play the type of football we play, it it can only be improved by improving the quality of the players. And that's not yeah. to knock any of them. Because the way they, any any player that comes in is gonna to have to get the fitness up, is gonna to have to get the, the mentality of this team. So any good good quality player that we get is gonna improve this. And they play at, at such a tempo with so much one touch football that occasionally passes are gonna go astray, like they do, like we made yeah. a mistake. But I think, they, as, as we just incrementally add to the quality of the squad, I think we're, we're in the right direction, to be honest, I do. Mm. Can't argue with that. I believe in the symptom, in the system. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I, that's the good thing. Everyone's bought into it, haven't they, Gary? Everyone's just kind of gone, yeah. That's the, the, uh, yeah, do you know, uh, you say yes, but there's always, there's always the odd one. You know, there were calls for... Uh, can we have Kiko because Melia is making too many mistakes with his passes out and things like that? And you think, what on earth are you talking about? Um, but, um, yeah, the yeah, best it, young keepers I've ever seen. Yeah, I've been winding, yeah. I've been winding yeah. a couple of my mates up for months and months saying we need Kiko back in. I keep saying it to him. Get really animated and start telling me how crap he is, and uh, it's great. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's, yeah, but there's the it's the the high risk versus reward factor, isn't it? You know, we we play out. Um, from the back and we do so at speed at pace and and um, sometimes they play risky passes and they won't come off but uh, if they come off more than, often than, the, than they don't then we come out ahead and I think that's that's what is instilled into the squad so uh, you know you can't even be harshly critical on it when he gets it wrong because that's actually what he's being asked to do yeah, yeah that's true that's true he is doing as he's been told to do keep the ball mm-hmm. moving and yeah. distribute quickly oh, the area though was a bit <laughs> but, yeah, let's do a but, oh. yeah. I, swear, I swear to God, I could have floated on water. It just went. <laughs> 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 I'm buoyant, like you know what I mean. Don't be doing that to me. <laughs> um, Ralph, look, I, uh, we, we won't keep you too much longer. You've been on far longer than you, you gave us time for, and we we really do appreciate your time today. You're welcome, yeah. Um, and it was lovely meeting you. And uh, what I might do is I might drop you an old sly tweet every once a week and just get your prediction and we stick you in this league we have and see how you get on. How about that? Go on, I'll, I'll go for that, yeah. Nice one, nice one. Thanks very much for your time. It's been great meeting you. Cheers, yeah. John.
Yeah, that's that's right. Hopefully, see you at the road or some other shit hole at some point. <laughs> we'll see you in a, in a toddy's pub at some point. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Thank you. See you later, bud. Thanks a minute. Bye-bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to another Auto Know Better podcast, the Independent Leeds United podcast. You can engage with us via our socials on YouTube and Twitter at the address at Auto Know Better with your thoughts on the show or subjects you'd like us to discuss. You can even join us live and have your say while we're recording on our YouTube channel for the main weekly show and the Berardi and Coke after match podcasts. With three years' worth of content you can listen back to, from interviews with former Leeds players and managers to Hollywood stars. Maybe choose carefully which match reviews to check out though. Remember to subscribe on whichever app you choose to follow us on.